Good morning. Feels like a very long time since I've been here and uh, I almost need to remind myself where I was up to. In fact, I had to go th- back through my notes and my previous sermons to realise where we were actually up to and um, I hope I've got it right and I haven't missed something. But uh, we're working through the book of Ephesians and uh, I've been looking at and, and hoping to move on for some time and yet God keeps bringing me back to a similar passage and a similar uh, piece of scripture, which is amazing. I was actually in a conversation this past few weeks with someone and, uh, or with a group of people and they were asking me about my favourite passage of scripture and I came to this passage which we're in and which we've been in for a little while now. It's so amazing that it actually calls us into and draws us into knowing Jesus more. And I think that's amazing. And Paul says, and it's not only in this passage of Scripture, but he says similar things in a lot of his other letters as well. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, but we're going to focus on from about 19 through to chapter 2 through to verse 10. But in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, Paul says, I keep asking that God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Paul is actually saying, I keep asking that the Father give you the Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that you may know Jesus more. How great is it that we have been given the Holy Spirit, that we can know Christ more. And then he goes on and he says, And I also pray that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened in order. And he says, Through knowing Christ Jesus more, through getting an intimate relationship with him, three outcomes that you learn and you discover. The first one is that you may know the hope to which he has called you or the way that I translate that, that you will know your identity as found in Christ Jesus. The second one is that you will know the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. That is phenomenal, that by knowing Christ Jesus, we find our identity. In knowing Jesus Christ, we understand that his inheritance dwells within me and within you. And the third one, which I want to focus on today and move through to chapter 2, verse 10, says, and that we will know his incomparably great power, which is for us who believe. His power, which is for us who believe. And it talks about, it goes on and it says that this power, if following on verse 19, the incomparably great power that is for us who believe, that power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead. The power that is for us, the, this incomparably great power that is for us, is the same power that rose Christ Jesus from the dead that brought him back to life. This blows my mind, that the power that raised Christ from the dead is for me. The power that is for Christ, that was with Christ, that was in Christ, the power that rose him when he, when he was sacrificed, when he was hung on a tree, when man killed him and he willingly allowed himself to die and was buried in a tomb. The power that elevated him up and rose him to life. That incomparably great power is for you and for me. 
And it doesn't stop there. It says not only is it the, the power that exerted Christ in Christ when he raised him from the dead, but also seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. So this power which raised Christ Jesus, this power that is for you and for me, the Holy Spirit which exalted Jesus Christ and raised him from the dead, also exalted him and seated him at the right hand of the Father. This power lifted him up and exalted him far above everything else. That's where Jesus Christ is. And we know from a biblical point of view that the right hand, the right hand, sorry, I'll put up my right, the correct hand, the right hand represents blessing and power. And Jesus Christ was exalted and lifted up at the right hand of the Father in the seat of blessing and power. The same power that rose him from the dead, that exalted him at the right hand of the Father, is for you and me. And yet it doesn't even stop there. It says that this same power which exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but the one to come. That's our Jesus. That's the power that exalted him and lifted him up, that rose him from the dead, seated him at the right hand of the Father and elevated him above every principality, above every power, above every authority, above every name in this age and the age to come. That same power is for you and me. That's amazing, isn't it? That Jesus Christ, the word that was with God, who humbled himself. I'll I'll read this from Philippians Chapter 2, it says, God, Jesus Christ, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death. Even death on a cross. Here is a picture of Jesus Christ who is God. Completely humbling himself and giving himself. And then it says the very next word, therefore. Because Jesus did that. Because Jesus did the will of the Father. Because Jesus humbled himself and made himself in human likeness. Because he laid down his life. Because he died on the cross. Therefore God exalted him in the highest place. And gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's our Jesus. That's his station. And yet by knowing Jesus Christ we understand that the power that exalted him above everything else. It's the same power that is for us. The same spirit of God who dwells within us and lives within us. He is the same power that is for us. His incomparably great power for us who believe. The one who raised Christ from the dead, seated him at the right hand of the Father and put him, placed him above everything else. That same power is for us. It's amazing, is it not? In fact, in Colossians chapter 2, It says this, Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. It says, And having disarmed the powers, this is Jesus Christ, 
um, uh, talking about him having cancelled the written code, him having died for us and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Paul says, through the cross, Jesus humiliated them. This is the powers and the authorities of this world, the kingdom of the air of this world, which we'll look at in a little bit, who thought in the cross that they had defeated God himself. And they would have been celebrating, we have God, this is the Son of God, and we are about to win, we are about to be victorious. And they hung him on the cross and they said, that's God's son, the principalities and the powers of this world, the kingdom of the air, Satan and his dominions would have been laughing and saying, that's God's son and we have won. We will ascend to the throne of God, which was always his intention, what Satan always wanted. And yet it is the the cross. In the cross, Jesus humiliated them. Jesus made a public spectacle of them that we still talk today about how Jesus through the cross, through an innocent man dying, defeated Satan Satan and all of his cohorts. We still know that because Jesus Christ humiliated them. Jesus made a public spectacle of them on the cross, allowing the innocent to die for the guilty that you and I could become righteous and sons and daughters of the children of God. It said that he was exalted above all things in Ephesians, that he was given above, placed above every power, authority, power, dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in this present age, but also the one. And God placed all things under his feet. Everything is under the feet of Jesus Christ and appointed him to be over everything for the church, which is his body. He is appointed over all things. He is the head of the church, but he's done this for the church because we are his body. He has been exalted far above everything else, exalted above every principality and power, and we are his body because he dwells within us, his spirit in us. We are the body of Christ, the church, but Christ means the anointed one. We are the body of the anointed one. I am the body of the anointed one because Christ's spirit, the spirit of of the son dwells within me and he is over all things. He's been elevated and seated at the right hand of the father and he lives in me. And in fact, if we skip down in Ephesians 2, chapter 2, verse 6, and it says, and God raised us up, talking about you and I, God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Do you see by implication our positional status? Do you see by implication what our position, who we are, where we are? See, Jesus Christ has been elevated above every authority, every power, every principality, every name in this age and the age to come. And I am the body of the anointed one because he lives in me, but he has the same power, has exalted me and lifted me up and raised me with Christ and seated me in Christ in the heavenly realms. So my position is in Jesus Christ above every power, 
above every authority, above every name in this age and the age to come in Christ Jesus. That's my position. That's my identity. That's how the Father sees me. That was the desire of the Father in the first place, that I would be found in Christ, that Christ would be exalted and I would find my place in him above everything else because I am his body. This is mind-blowing. Because we often look at the world around us, we look at the things of the spirit of the demonic and we are fearful of it and we worry about it as a church and we are concerned by it that we will be infected, that it will come upon us because we forget that our positional status is in Christ above them all, above every power and authority and principality and name and they will all submit to Jesus Christ and I'm found in him. Because Jesus Christ conquered them all and humiliated them all and made a public spectacle of them all. He was the conqueror. I am more than a conqueror because I get to enjoy everything that he achieved and all that he did. And I find my life and my position, my status in Christ Jesus in the heavenlies, seated at the right hand of the Father in Christ Jesus. Do you understand what Paul has just said here? Do you understand the position of Scripture and what Paul is saying about you and I and our power and our authority, our position, our identity in Jesus Christ? Do you understand that nothing can come against us? Because we're in Christ Jesus. That there is nothing that we should be fearful of in the midst of this world. Nothing. A couple of weeks ago, probably a little bit longer than that ago, I woke up with this, and I've had it three times in my life, two, two recently. I woke up with this absolutely, there was just hatred is the only way I can describe it. And it was this hatred that was trying to get into me. And I woke up, and and I've shared this with my wife as well, and this hatred, I was lying in bed next to my wife, this hatred that was trying to get into me was directed towards my wife. It's happened twice recently. The third time wasn't directed towards her, the third time was someone else. And I can felt it, and it was this tangible, physical hatred, and it 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 was horrible. And yet, in the midst of waking up, and I felt it, and I just knew exactly what was going on, and I had the choice. I could either embrace this hatred, or I could honour Jesus Christ, who has conquered this hatred, who has conquered the pits of hell, who has conquered all of this. And I found myself at two o'clock in the morning, quietly worshipping and singing praises to Jesus Christ. And in the act of submitting myself and humbling myself before Jesus Christ and submitting myself before God, this hatred disappeared. But even if it did not, it was this hatred that was coming in on me that I could physically feel. Even if it did not, it does not change that Jesus Christ is Lord and Jesus Christ has already conquered. That's the reality. I can either worry about that and worry that it's going to come back and worry that it's going to take over me and worry that at some time I will, I will allow it to consume me or I can choose to exalt God knowing that he's already conquered, that he's already overcome, that he has already won this battle and this war and I find myself in him. 
Jesus Christ has been exalted far above everything and I find my life in him. I refuse from this day forth and I ask that you do too to worry and be consumed and live in fear about anything because your positional status is with God in Christ Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father in the heavenly places above everything else. That is what God has done for you through the cross. See, when Jesus Christ humiliated Satan, because before the cross, the Father had one Son, Jesus Christ. After the cross, now, how many sons and daughters does he have? You and I are counted among those sons and the daughters of the living God. And we have the spirit of the Son living within us, the spirit of Christ, the one who is the spirit of wisdom and revelation that we may know Christ more, that we may see our identity in him and understand who we are, that we have the full resources of Christ in us and the power that is for that raised him from the dead and exalted him and lifted him at the right hand of the Father and and placed him above everything else is for us and works in us and works for us. Because we are are over and above. We are more than conquerors. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 says, as for, as for you, as for us, we were dead in our transgressions and sins in which we used to live when we followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. It says, we were once a part of the world. We were once slaves to the kingdom of darkness. We were once slaves to the kingdom of the air that rules in the midst of this world. That's who we were. And we were slaves and we were disobedient. And it goes on and it says, all of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. You see, before we received Jesus Christ, we were so dark and sinful we there was nothing in us that was like we stood as opposed we stood opposed as enemies to god himself and we were to be subject to his wrath or is it wrath i never know either way we were subject to his wrath wrath doesn't matter we were subject to it cuz we stood as enemies We stood opposed to God himself because we fell in according to the kingdom of the air and we were subjects to that and we have been ever since Adam and Eve and they fell and they lived for their self. And that's how we were living for ourself ever since. And in the midst, while we were subject to wrath, it says in verse 4, it says, but because of his great love for us, even while you and I were standing as enemies of God and going to be subject to his punishment and subject to his judgment, he had such a great love for you. He had such a great love for me. Because of his great love, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, It is by grace you have been saved. While we stood as enemies before God, he still loved us greatly. While we stood as enemies before God, he lavished his rich mercy upon us. While we were still enemies before God, he displayed his great grace. 
And he allowed us to be redeemed and be saved and become alive in Christ. While we were still enemies to God, it was his plan that we would be saved, that we would come to life in Jesus Christ, that we would physically, that he would circumcise us, it says in Colossians uh, chapter 2, that he would cut us and cut us away and kill us, that we would die and and be buried with him in Christ Jesus, and he would raise us up, that we would likewise be raised up to where he is, as the sons and daughters of the living God, to be seated at the right hand of the Father, above everything else in Christ Jesus. Even while we were enemies to him, that was his plan for you and I, because of his great love, because of his richness in mercy, and because of his grace. Even while we were enemies, his desire for you was that you would be seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus above everything else. Yeah? That's his love. That's his love for you and I. That even while we stood opposed to him. I don't know about you, but I've got a few people in this world that less and less as I mature, who who just, oh, they stand and you go, they're an enemy. I, I don't really wish the best for you, to say it nicely. And yet God desired, even while we stood opposed to him, even while we were enemies of his, even while we were going to be subject to his wrath, his desire because of his love for you, and his richness in mercy and his grace that you would be alive in Christ and be found in him above everything else. And that his power would be for you in that and that you would then walk from your positional status and live as Christ Jesus lived. That's his desire for you. Because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. The gospel, this news is good news. What Jesus Christ accomplished is better than any fairy tale. Because what Jesus Christ accomplished is complete revolution, is complete change. He's made us new creations. He has made us subjects and citizens of the kingdom of God, no longer citizens of this world, found in Christ, found seated at his right hand, that we can live as that perspective, that we now can represent him and be ambassadors of the kingdom of God in the midst of this world to those to whom we were once like. And yet anyone who stands against us, it doesn't matter because Jesus Christ has already conquered them and we find ourselves in him. And he did that in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Verse 8, it says, For by grace, for it is by grace you have been saved. It is by grace that you have been saved. In John chapter 1, it says that Jesus Christ came in grace and truth. If you want a theology on grace, it is Jesus Christ. It is by grace grace that you have been saved. It is by Christ that you have been saved, because grace is Christ. Christ is grace. It is by grace that you have been saved. Through faith, and this not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. 
you see, the beauty of this is that, is that I was once dead. I stood as an enemy to Jesus Christ. I stood an enemy as God and I deserved punishment. I deserved to be judged. I deserved an eternity without his goodness. And yet because of his great love, because of his richness in mercy, because of his grace, he made me alive through faith, saved by grace. And it was his desire that I would become a son of God, that I would be righteous. I'd be made reborn as a new creation with true righteousness and holiness, that I would find myself seated in Christ at the right hand of the Father above every principality and power, that I may represent the kingdom of God here in this earth, that I may represent the kingdom of God, that I may represent Christ Jesus because his spirit lives in me in the midst of esperance, that we don't need to run programs and do this or that because they will see Christ in me because I've been gained by him and I've found him in me and I'm found in him that I am the light of the world that they will see Christ in me because I am his ambassador in the midst of this world because of where I am that is the gospel message there is nothing about this that says let's just wait to get to heaven this is all about let's bring the kingdom of God let's bring heaven to those people who are still stuck and opposed and stand as enemies to God Jesus Christ has fundamentally changed me and changed this world because of the cross. Because of the cross of Jesus Christ, which humiliated the powers and authorities and rulers of this world. It is by grace that I've been saved. For we, verse 10, for we, you and I, are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. You see, Jesus Christ, I have been reborn, born as a new creation in Christ Jesus. But now that I'm a new creation born in Christ Jesus, the Spirit of God that works within me is molding me and shaping me that every day I will look more and more like Christ. Going from glory to glory for the Father as I'm transformed. I am but clay in his hands, in the potter's hands, as he molds me and shapes me. That one day, Psalm 18 says, so that one day I may arise in his image and his likeness, then my soul will be satisfied as the Holy Spirit molds me and shapes me that I may look like him. For I am God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. See, these things that he's prepared for us to do is to walk like him and look like him and become like him. You see, if we look from a scriptural point of view, what I have received in Jesus Christ is I have his full inheritance within me. I have the mind of Christ. I have the heart of Christ. I have the spirit of Christ. I have the same power of Christ that, that, he, that is for me, that he had. I get to do the same works as Christ. Christ I, I, I can do the will of the Father. Jesus Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He did nothing other than the will of the Father. We are called to emulate him and do his will. And it says that we can have the same attitude as Christ and we can become, God is love and Jesus Christ became, came to earth as love and scripture says that we too can become love. In fact, I think that's one of the, the goals of this life for you and I is that we don't, chase love we don't try to be love but that we become love 1 john chapter 2 says but if anyone obeys his word god's word god's love 
is truly made complete in him. As we do the will of the Father, the Father's love, which is beyond our comprehension, it says in Ephesians chapter 4, that it's beyond our ability to understand his love, we can be infused in it and become it. And as we do his will, it becomes complete in us. That we awake every morning, not to be loved, but to love. Because our attitude becomes like Christ Jesus. The gospel of Jesus Christ is amazing. That's who you and I are. That's how the Father sees us. He sees us in His Son and His Son in us because we've become one with Him. He sees us seated at the right hand of the Father. He sees us in the seat of blessing. He blesses us in every ways because we're in Christ Jesus. We lack for nothing because His incomparable great richness is in us. His inheritance is in us. And in Him we find our identity and the purpose of our life is found in Christ Jesus. Jesus is good. Our Saviour is good. He has made you good through his blood. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your son. We thank you that your son came and did nothing other than your will. And it was your will. It pleased you that he suffer and was crushed. That we could become your sons and daughters that we could live in Christ, that we could be risen up with him and be seated with him in the heavenly realms at your right hand, in Christ Jesus above every power and principality, above all things, that we may do your works, that as we walk in the name of Jesus Christ and as we live for him and he lives through us, that demons will flee and sickness will go. Father, that, that we, there is nothing in this world that we need to be fearful of, because they're the signs of your disciple according to Mark chapter 16. Father, we thank you that we are yours. We are your children, your sons, your daughters. We are righteous, we are holy, we are blessed. We have been lifted up, we've been made, we've come alive in Christ Jesus. We are seated in him. We're seated in the seat of blessing in Christ Jesus. There is nothing that we lack for because of Jesus Christ. We just honour you, Father, and we exalt the name of Jesus Christ, who is above all things. We know that every knee will bow at his name. And Jesus, we know that every tongue will confess that he is Lord, but we choose this day to confess he is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord and we choose to humble ourselves before him as our Lord and Saviour. In Jesus' mighty and precious name we pray. Amen. Know that you are blessed. Know that you are in Christ, that Christ is in you. Know that he is for you and the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is the same power that is for you. The same power that exalted Jesus and raised him up to be seated next to the Father at his right hand is the same power that has exalted you and lifted you up in him. And the same power that has submitted all powers and authority, every principality and name under the name of Jesus Christ is the same power that you walk in in the Spirit of God. Be blessed in His name. Amen.